Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Monday, July 8th, 2019, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 246. I am Austin Walker, your host. Joining me today here in Brooklyn, Kato is here, looking at his phone. Hi. The fuck's on your phone, Kato? Bad What's mentions. So ex- oh, yeah, okay, sorry. I didn't mean to get <laughs> What are you doing? You. Don't look at them. I'm Stop it. Reporting people for being assholes on the internet. Twitter doesn't care. Oh. I've gotten some say, people Yeah, banned. that works out. Have you? Okay, good. Yeah. I mean, good. <laughs> power of a brand. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Patrick Klepek joining us here from Chicago. You getting anybody banned? You banned anybody? No, I banned myself from the internet for four days. Hell you, yeah. We walked into this podcast and you're like, hey, were you keeping up with this thing? And I was like, absolutely not. What thing? No idea. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> and also Rob I'm, I'm out. I'm out here losing a pair of Ray-Bans in 48 hours oh, that no. I weren't even mine. Wait, you lost someone, you lost else's. someone else's Ray-Bans. Well, by someone else's. So, uh, hmm. so Jessica uh-huh. and my uh I and mean my, my wife, wife's. Well, no, 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 no one that I know. Uh, we're walking what? around. Okay, this Wait. Is and <laughs> so I stole these Ray-Bans. Is it stealing if they're found in the middle of the street? And where where am I supposed to take them? I feel like we're That's two steps true. away they're from like a, a mammoth quote about, you know, is it really losing money when it's someone else's money? You know, like I feel like you're <laughs> about to become a heist criminal. <laughs> Wait, what happened? No, we're like... We had a dis- so we we had a, a, an ethical discussion of this. It was like my daughter and uh, uh, my wife found a pair of Ray Bans um, that seemed like they probably fell off a car. Like like someone you know we went up to uh, a lake house for the fourth, and so mm-hmm. it's like lots of people running around with boats and stuff like that. People have sunglasses. It probably just fell off. They're pristine condition, um, but they weren't like right next to like a bar or like somewhere very yeah, obvious. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, I'll go turn this in. I was like, what do you even do with this? Like go drop off the Ray-Bans at the local police station. <laughs> and like, like, so she was like, Hey, here, have these Ray-Bans. And I was like, you know, I don't buy sunglasses that cost more than a couple of dollars because I am incapable of keeping track of sunglasses. I just can't, I just can't. <laughs> like I've never been able to, I've done the thing that like one of the strategies of, Oh, pay a little bit more money enough that like, you'd be annoyed if you lost it. And yep. then you'll give it a uh, like mental weight to remember where it is. Like, no, like mm. that's not going to happen. Like I have a tile on my phone, my wallet. I can't keep track of shit like that. I just throw it and then it disappears. And that's why I have something that beeps and then I can find it in my house. So, I was like, look, these look really, these are really nice sunglasses. And so I was wearing them and I was, people were like, well, oh, Pat, you know why Ray-Bans? I was like, well, I found them. Like, look at me with my fancy glasses now. And then I went on a boat uh, of, of friends and I'm on it. I was really anxious to get in that water. And I I jumped in the water, oh not God. 36 hours later with the sunglasses on my head. 
<laughs> came up. No sunglasses. Oh, you lost them, lost them. You lost them in a way oh, yeah, where no one gone. else will find those. You littered. <laughs> I, you I like to think the the lake reclaimed them. It said, you know what? These weren't yours. Uh-huh. And the lake was right. And that's fine. I'll move on to my Target two ninety nine sunglasses and the, the world will achieve its equilibrium. <laughs> you know, I... Yeah. They were nice glasses, though. I see why people buy them. Uh... They seem nice. I remember Rob lost a pair <laughs> in L.A. at some point, right? It was like a big deal. Yeah, and I had that pair for like six years. They were a great pair. <laughs> oh, I missed God. Them. Uh, but Oof. what that meant was, so I had the principal, Patrick, like 40 bucks is kind of my cutoff for like, that is just enough on sunglasses that I would be annoyed I, I sure. lost them. But I, I took, also took the view that across six years times 40, I had proven that I could take care of sunglasses. So, uh, you know, the bank was willing to extend some generous financing on my next sunglasses. And uh, so now I have a very nice pair of sunglasses. I like them a lot, though not quite as much as the old, like, $60 pair I lost. Huh. That's fair. That's so much more. You had emotional attachment to those. I've never had sunglasses. Because I've had glasses and I've never gotten prescription sunglasses ever. And so I I guess when I was very – there was a period during which I had those like clip-on sunglasses that clip on top of glasses. Never transitions? I never had transitions. No, I don't have money for fucking transitions. Are you kidding me? (laughs) We we don't have it like that. Transitions are lenses that change from like like when you – They're less expensive than prescription. No, because they're prescription glasses also. Yeah, but like uh, then a second pair. Oh, but I, that, right. And I also couldn't afford a second pair. Right. <laughs> so I couldn't either. Both of those were off the table. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I never, I never, transition glasses go from being when you're indoors, they're like regular mm-hmm. glasses, but you go outside, they transition into sunglasses like magic. That's cool as hell. It's cool as hell. I always wanted them. Never got them. I, uh, I was always I turned out. Like- so I had some relatives who got some and indoors, they always look like, mafiosi in the 70s like the transitions never fully transitioned into indoors go totally clear so i would have like my aunts and uncles staring at me through like half darkened lenses and it always felt like they were about to you know tell me what the family expected of me (laughs) and uh you know how the how the whiting job did not go according to plan that's definitely part of why i didn't like them as a kid was they never did go fully clear. So, mm. but I also, my other option at, when I was a child was <laughs> I had these tinted glasses, but they were tinted only in like the top half. It like gradated to clear at the bottom, which my parents thought was a great idea for some reason. They looked horrible. <laughs> and then I also always saw them brown because they were tinted brown for some reason. Isn't that, that's a normal thing. Yeah, but like not forever. Oh, you mean they were just tinted brown? Yeah, well, brown to clear gradated. Weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but just all the time. All the time. Yeah, it wasn't transitions or anything. But that's what my parents were like, yeah, this is this is going to do this will protect your eyes and there's some clear at the bottom. You just read through like, yeah, the bottom. Just look just, down, look, just raise your, like your eyes, yeah. protect your eyes uh-huh. and there's some clear at the bottom. Oh man. You know what I'll tell you, there was no clear at the bottom of this lake, which meant I couldn't find those Ray-Bans. <laughs> How deep was this lake? Was this like a real ass lake? 
Well, so as soon as they were lost, uh, someone was like, oh, I'll, I'll put on some goggles. I'll just go look for them. I was like, sure. Like, if you find them, like, I, I'm willing to <laughs> right. keep these Have around fun. for another 24 hours before I lose them again. Um, and uh, they dove down and it came up 10 seconds later. I was like, that's a deep lake. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not everyone. No. Nope. And we were, we had done the thing where, like, we'd posted up near the shore and, you know, we're just swimming and having beers. So it's it was conceivable that maybe you could get to the bottom of the lake. Sure. No. Not, not gonna happen. But it was windy, so maybe it'll push to the shore. Someone will find them. It'll on just the beach. someone. Yeah. I hope someone else finds them. I didn't mean to contribute garbage to a lake. Um, yeah. So I hope someone else. I hope a cool fish gets, gets them. them. I guess to put them on. Yeah, or like, a rock. It just like ends up on a cool oh, rock. That'd be and cool. It's like, yeah. What's up? I'm a rock. You don't need them. I once lost no. my glasses in a river. Your real glasses. My real ass glasses. Ooh. I like. And how, I, how bad is it thing, when I'm you don't so, have glasses on? No, bad. That's the thing. That's yeah, why I didn't yeah, take them okay. on when I got into the water. Because I can't see shit. Yeah, I've taken my glasses off. I wouldn't be able to recognize any of you. Yeah. Without no. Them. My, like, <laughs> uh, when I hold my hand in front of my face, it comes into, uh, like, focus at, like, maybe four inches. Okay. Um, Is that oof. a test? Yeah. Just, like, when when can your eyes focus? <laughs> the classic four-inch <laughs> test, you know? Yeah, just put your, put you your go to the doctor, and the, doc, the optometrist <laughs> says, put your hand in front of your face. <laughs> Four inches. Yeah, like I'm looking what at my computer see? with my glasses off. I can't read a single thing. Yeah, no. So, so I will jump into. I want Austin Rivers to write an essay with, my with glasses. his glasses off. Oh my god! I I write without <laughs> looking at the screen sometimes. I think it shows. <laughs> uh, Sorry, Kato. You you went into the lake without with with your oh like I, and I always do right. So I've gotten good at being careful about like mm-hmm. going too fast or whatever. And like I just I I slipped on a rock backwards which luckily i didn't get more hurt but my glasses like flung off into the middle of this like pool where there was like a little like the river would flow in and then flow out the other way um luckily uh they got caught on a weed but like dead center somebody has like dive down and find them but like ruined that party (laughs) glasses glasses we like them we have them yeah we need them. we live with them yeah and that's the podcast thanks everyone for coming (laughs) To this week's Waypoint Radio. No, we should talk about video games a little bit. Yeah. We should talk a little bit about them at least. Cut a bit. We, on the day, on Friday, uh-huh. a package arrived. Yeah. Not Friday, sorry, not Friday, Tuesday. Wednesday? Wednesday. Last Wednesday, because it was a long weekend. Wednesday. And Before it was a safe. <laughs> yeah. Game companies sometimes Oh, send, I've seen some videos of this. Yeah, they sent a safe. Like a they, pl- like a pl- what was it made of? It was it's like plastic. I bet like you could have opened it. Probably, I probably could have cracked it open. Yeah, it it was terrifying. I was like, is this real? And then I like note I saw someone else like tweet about it. I was like, okay, I, this probably is okay. Yeah. but like it had a timer on it. You had to wait until a certain time, and then it unlocked. In my mind, I was like, this this seems like a themed thing. Yeah, like what has timers? Like, okay, is this like um. Like the, the 999 games feel like stuff that would have timers right. or like, you know, something with mm-hmm. a countdown, some sort of like, I don't know. There is a time component to this thing, but it's not really the main focus. So it was like 24 hours later. 24 you know. hours later, like, I for, I'd forgotten. <laughs> right. And then I see this thing sitting on my kitchen t- counter. I was like, oh, right. That was supposed to open at some point. And I open it up and it's a bunch of pins with Capcom characters on them. And then okay. under that, there's a shirt with a bunch of Capcom characters on them, like Ryu and Arathalos. Oh, uh, <laughs> famous Cap- Capcom oh, my characters. Fav- my, fa- 
a big a big dragon. A big dragon and like, Mega Man. Capcom there, ver- also. Marvel vs. Monster Hunter is not far off. Well, I mean, actually, it's right here in this uh, mobile card game called Teppen. Like Tekken, but with peas instead. Hmm. Um, <laughs> where uh, it's basically, uh, it's you know, it's a really interesting card game where it's like active, like it's it's all um, real time. Basically, you have a like bar that says like how many. Um, if you've played these games before, energy or mana or whatever, like the the thing that you use, this the resource you use to play cards is like constantly ticking up at the bottom of the screen. Okay, um, in real time. In real time. Okay. Uh, you uh, play. You have like three slots for like other characters. The thing that you're describing is Clash Royale. I've never played Clash Royale, so let me okay. keep describing this. You uh, play your characters there, and then from where they are, a, a, an arrow starts to crawl across the screen uh-huh. towards the other yeah. side. And then if it gets all the way there and there's not a character on the other side, it that your card attacks the other player. Yeah. Right. And then... <laughs> Is this is this just Clash Royale? I've never you're talking played. about Clash Royale without animations. Is actually the thing you're yeah. talking about. What happens if there is another enemy there? They attack each other and they just do damage to each other. Yeah, yeah. That is so. Like Clash Royale does that, except instead of being just like cards with numbers, uh-huh. they're like units. I thought this is like a whole subgenre sure. of game. There was a Titanfall, one of these. This is like a units. You okay? Here's a question. Uh huh. How do you get better units? You don't. Okay, so you, you don't. You have get, a deck, right? That's what I mean. Like do you? Uh, I I don't think. How do you, what are, so like what's each, in your deck? Each deck is um, basically one of these Capcom characters. So I was play. I played through Ryu, okay, and Mega Man, and um, in the deck is like other characters from the franchise. Usually, as so it's the like characters. a themed deck. It's like yeah. Ryu has like a bunch of Street Fighter characters. Yeah, and they just again they are just like cards that show up on the screen and then arrows move. It's not like yeah. you don't get like. Um, whoever can like stomping across the no, screen. No, no, no. Okay, it's just like yeah, a card, an arrow, slowly moving across the screen. They, do they have abilities? Uh, some of them do. When you play them, they'll have certain like, like secondary active. effects. Okay, and there's also cards that are just effects that will stop time. Okay, um, that you'll have basically if you've ever played Magic, it functions like the stack, which is where you like you know you can play cards in succession and then they like resolve from top to bottom of the of this like pile of cards you've made basically yeah, yeah, yeah. um and those are just like you know like deal more damage or like heal your characters or things like that you know um and it was um you know it was interesting cuz it's like each uh, i i think there must be some way to unlock more cards but That's each my question. Char- each character so far has been um they've had kind of a specific like play style you know like Ryu was like there's a lot of direct damage like a lot of mm-hmm. dealing damage to the, the player and dealing damage to other uh characters with the like extra cards um Mega Man was weirdly like healing focused huh um okay but it <laughs> what's what's really funny is this like the story mode has these really cool like illustrations and vignettes of like Here's Ryu punching a Rathalos because they're fighting now. Okay, and, uh, I'm here for here's it. Here's Mega Man flying through and like fighting Dante or whatever from Double May Cry. So, yeah, it's strange. It doesn't make any sense, but um, listen, all the world of, the, of all Capcom. Of, yeah, all the 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 Capcom universe has come here to play this card game. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry. So, from what I'm seeing. 
you absolutely can buy packs of cards. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, for money. And so, like, yeah, I, I think yeah. I, I'm i surprised this didn't happen sooner. Uh, were you playing on a phone? Is that is yeah. a phone thing? Yeah. Or is there a, a PC version or anything like that? Not that I know of. Okay. I think it was a phone thing. God. I suspect we will continue to see games like this. I'm a little yeah. bummed that it isn't all the way. Like, if you look up some Clash Royale footage, you'll see exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. In terms of, like, the bar at the bottom being like a constantly refilling thing mm -hmm. um i never got into clash royale but i watched a lot of people play. i watched brad shoemaker play some clash royale <laughs> is really what i mean um and that seemed like the thing well he got for, really into it for a while he right? did yeah i i think that's a game that like has a lot of i want someone to make one of those that is not driven by let me un pay money to unlock a chest or let me pay money right. to draw new cards or whatever because I, I played the titanfall one like a bit like quite a bit because of course i fucking did i wish it, <laughs> i wish it still existed because i think it was like pretty good nice um but um th that core mechanic of like it's it's lanes right it's like right. three lanes like three a lanes. moba mm -hmm. um and, like, that core idea of, like, the economy building and, like, you sending different types of units against each other and the units being sometimes hard counters, sometimes soft counters, having different builds around that stuff is all really cool. But, like, I'm not – it's not going to get me. I know that if I start playing one of those, I'm fucked. And so <laughs> unless you make another one about giant robots, in which case it's happening. It's done, yeah. Speaking of mobile games and giant robots, yeah. did you see – that they're releasing a Gundam mobile game. No, what? Later this year in in the summer, they're releasing. Uh, I forget what it's called. It's like it's like basically Gundam Breaker three, but on phones. on phones. It's like it's like a Gundam action game in which you unlock, in which you buy blind box parts to build mm -hmm. your own custom giant robots, okay. and that's just gonna fuck me mm. up so bad. <laughs> Like in the video, mm. I mean, it's like it's you're getting characters from the show, but you're also just getting like, here's an arm. Here's like an arm from a giant robot. You're not even getting the whole robot from the blind box. Yeah. You're just getting just an arm, an arm, a head, a gun. And you get to like kit are they it. all? Are they all from specific models? Yeah, yeah of yeah, course. So they have of like course. the model number on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, shit. That's oh, shit. That's the, the <laughs> yeah. Sinanju arm. Whatever. That's the Gundam So it's like Mark if Battletech II. hated yeah. you. It's like, yeah, it's like if Battletech hated me. And then guess what? <laughs> I get to play probably a mediocre action game also. <laughs> so really just coming up Austin right now. Fuck. Ugh. Wait, so in Clash Royale, do you ever have more than one character in a lane at a yes, time? Yes, you can. So that's okay. a big difference. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here's like, it's just one on each lane. And yes. then like, um, you can't, um, you can't move them around or anything until they're dead. And then you can replace what's in that lane. But. Yeah, yeah. Um, Anyone else playing anything on phones, let's say? Yeah. Anyone else have any phone games they want to talk about while, we, while we're in this phone game oh, zone? Oh, I do, actually, if nobody else does. but <laughs> Killing me on the phone. What's, what's happening? Let's what's... stay in the phone zone with Kato. Phone zone. Uh, I played, I made a mistake and uh, downloaded Dota Underlords as well. Oh, my God. I... Finally, we get to talk about auto chess. <laughs> but, on honestly, you could just rename the phone zone segment to I made a mistake. Uh -huh. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, I, so once upon a time, I was a very, you know, working three jobs in Baltimore, part-timer, didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. And you know what was free? Dota. 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 Dota was free. Dota was free to play. You got I, all those characters. I played like probably like 2,000 hours of that Wait, game. How, how have we had a Dota <laughs> player among us for a year? That's because I'm not a good one. 
I was in the shit tier. Like, yeah, but you, you know, Ella, I when, you know when people talk about ELO hell. Yeah, I was the I was the people in there that didn't know. You still had that didn't understand thousand hours into that game. But isn't that also the way Dota works? It's like you either put in two hours Uh and you go and go nope nope, or you put in two thousand hours because you go yep uh huh. Um, Like there's only like I don't know any like middle path with Dota. Someone's like I played it for like eighty hours and you know it seems interesting. Like it's either you're like all all the way off the deep end like Kato. Or Brad, or like other folks I know who have gone gone off on that game. So I'm not shocked at the I, on that one. No, yeah, I got in during the beta, which means this was before there were tutorials. This was before the scene was huge or anything. Like I got in early in a way that was like, oh yeah, I can get good at this game. This seems interesting. It's free. I had a friend who was playing it. Let's spend all my time on this. <laughs> um, I, I never got good at Dota, but. Um, I still remember. <laughs> I still remember a lot about it. So when I saw all the auto chess stuff like popping off, I first tried. I tried the like auto chess people's auto chess, and I couldn't really wrap my mind around it just because. When it was I, in Dota, or when they spun it off on the phone? When they spun it up off on the phone, and I was like, "These char- I don't know what these characters are, or like I don't know how to like think about them, and like." It's throwing a lot at me at once. Mm-hmm. And then I, I tried the Dota one. I was like, oh, I know who these people are. I know I what they do. instinctually know. Like, I know, like, what kind of character they are, like, what kind of attacks they have, what kind of uh, abilities they have. Yeah. And so then I could focus on the rapper of what Auto Chess was trying to do right. and, like, how I, to... It, it's feasible that you're listening to us and don't know what Auto Chess is, right? Right. Like... Yeah. I, so we should set that up maybe a little bit and, yeah. and basically say that there has been a... The year of the battle royale style explosion of this genre, maybe even more so. Like I think that if you, there was a conversation happening the other day somewhere on a podcast or on Twitter or somewhere. I don't remember where, but it's not my <laughs> initial. Uh, it's not my initial observation um, that like when you think about how long it took from Dota, sorry, from from Defense of the Ancients to get to League of Legends and Dota and. Uh, what's the other? What is there a third big MOBA Heroes at this of point? New Earth. Heroes of New Earth is the one I was at. Is the actual one, not Le- Heroes of the Storm. Legend. But, well, I mean that's also yeah. That's but. basically dead now, right? Or they're still doing content. They're doing a mech mm-hmm. thing actually right yeah. now. That I think about it. Uh, but yeah, yeah, but they've more or less Wait, signaled like a white flag yeah. on okay. it being a like an esport. Like a yeah, yeah, yeah. You, and, w- and once you've done that, you're more or less conceding that it's yeah. So you know, it'll get it maintained took- and run, but not yeah. Go ahead, Rob. By the by, just I have some friends who stayed in on Heroes of the Storm, and the early verdict is the game is vastly more enjoyable now that the esports thing is basically done. I nice. fucking and bet like a lot nice. of the, a lot of the competitive people have bounced. And Hell yeah. like it's what if one of these was just a game that you play <laughs> and like its balance doesn't need to be this like theory crafted yeah. marvel of like perfection. It could just be like fun. And so like mm. in a weird way, dead game or benignly neglected game? I think that, you know, sometimes sometimes. We're better in a, in a freer habitat. You know what I mean? Not all these controls on us. Um, <laughs> so my point was the time between Defense of the Ancients to the MOBA is yeah. pretty long. Yeah. The defend the, the time between uh, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds to the Battle Royale being a big thing is much shorter. Super the time short. between mm-hmm. auto auto chess the mod and 
huge corporations have all released different <laughs> auto chess <laughs> games across mobile and PC simultaneously mm-hmm. is like a snap of a finger. It's unbelievably quick yep. how how um you know agile the 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 market has moved to capitalize <laughs> on this new trend. Yeah. Um. Uh, which is so agile's a word. Uh huh. It's almost as if. There are large stocks of capital being like held back and reserved and companies just watch to see someone without those reserves have a good idea, Uh achieve a like degree of popularity that seems like it would catch on. And then you just clone that idea Hmm. and you rush it to market with sort of a level of quality that other the originators can't match. And then you profit. Which then uh, really means if you're the originators, you kind of have an option, which is work with us, work with one of our biggest competitors or fail to be able to cash in the way we want to. I mean, so so Auto Chess blows up as a mod of Dota 2. Yeah. Uh, it is a game in which you... And to be clear, this is within uh, Dota's own set of like... House... Mo- in, like- in, in game, like... You know, you could like make other stuff. Like, right. It's not like a, a traditional model where they're like coding and doing stuff outside of like what the game is already doing. It's like it's more inside. like dreams or a little bit planet. Right. Exactly. Working within that the tools sort of the game is right. giving. The, yeah. They, there yeah. are limits to this though. So, for instance, you you there are limits to how you can monetize stuff. So one of the right. things that they ended up doing was like. You could get currency for uh, uh, aesthetic upgrades or like, you know, um, uh, different costumes and skins and stuff. Um, but the way to get either that currency or the skins themselves, someone will have to correct me here, um, is to buy some stuff on eBay. There's like a QR code you scan at one point. It's like a whole weird, like loophole, weird well, loopholes in third party <laughs> and like outside because they weren't able to sell stuff directly on the Steam marketplace. Right. Also, I'd heard that maybe they were using some assets that were not theirs to sell. So it's a little murky, let's say. Uh, But now what we have is we have Dota Underlords. Mm -hmm. We have – what is the original Auto Chess one now? It's just called Auto Chess. Is it just called Auto Chess? I'm pretty sure. And that's the one that's on the Epic Game Store? Uh, on PC, yeah. On PC. They have a mobile app as well. And that's just Auto Chess. I'm double checking, but I'm pretty sure that they they were the ones who hopped on that specific name. I mean, it's yeah. their name, so they should probably keep it. Yeah, yeah. there's Auto Chess colon yeah. Origin. Okay, Team Fight Tactics, the League of Legends one. League of Legends one. Is that yeah. all of them? You know, I want to say yes, but I don't think so. Yeah. No, actually, you know what? I opened my phone. There's also Heroes Auto Auto Chess, something called Chess Rush, something called Auto Chess Legends. Colon team fight. Uh, so no, not the only ones. Right. These- should, I should note that we just talked about Clash Clash Royale and also Clash Clash of Clans before that. Both of those also obviously hopped on. What makes this distinct is Damn. that the the, ma- the the method coming from here to there was it started as a mod in the same way oh, that war. that Dota did. Also unfair of me Heroes to say that that chess. battle royale starts as player unknown's battlegrounds. In fact, it starts Part as a mod chess. made by player unknown for. Arma 2 originally or some bullshit and then eventually uh, uh, H1Z1 and then etc. So like that also went through a weird path from mod to to genre. Arena a- of evolution. Red okay. Tides. We, you, how do you have all these listed already? Uh, what? They're, I'm just in the app store. 
Auto chess is a game. Auto chess war. Where you mm, uh, you draft like a card game. Like you're you're drafting every every round new characters and you put Tactical them out. monsters. You put them out on the map and then the battles automatically resolve. And the way that they automatically resolve is all of the characters have attributes and special abilities that fire automatically and they get more powerful according to oh, shit. what the composition of your team is. <laughs> cheats, for, <laughs> cheats for auto chess. Cheats for auto chess. That's, <laughs> click that one. That's safe. Uh, depending on how many units you get. I don't know any of these fucking characters. Skeleton Knight, for instance. Is that one? Is there a Skeleton Knight? Is there a character named Skeleton Knight on one of these games? Probably. Kind of. Almost certainly. Oh, skeleton Lord? Skeleton... Closer. The Reaper King? Like, what is the bullshit? Skeleton King. Skeleton King. So I, I danced around it. Yeah, yeah. You get three skeleton. <laughs> Maybe Skeleton King like is... Like a skeleton. ...is both a king, a noble unit, and also an undead unit or well, some Well, inside bullshit. every king... Mm. Is a skeleton. <laughs> You're right. Oh my god! <laughs> Makes you think. <laughs> Maybe all kings are skeleton kings. And so, if you get more undead <laughs> I, units and more noble units, you get bonuses from that. And yeah. if you get more skeleton kings, you can combine. They eat each other and they turn into one bigger skeleton king. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how it works, Rob. Don't make that face. That's how it works. I in my anime games, they, that's how it works. So it probably works the same way here. So then you get three they of the eat each other. They you feed cards to each other. Yeah, yeah. You know, in this case, you feed oh, skeleton. Say, how does how does where's this, where are the skeletons putting the other skeletons? In their tummies. They just get bigger and bigger rib oh. cages. <laughs> it's just a, just a bunch of bones. Everything else stays the same okay. size, but the rib cage just expands proportionally. Let me paint you two pictures. It's the middle of the night. You're at your lake house, and there yeah. is a there is like an us situation happens, and. You know, okay. you up at the top of the, the driveway in silhouetted is mm-hmm. just a big skeleton. Scary. Mm-hmm. Second situation, same situation, except there's a big skeleton. But when it walks, you can hear bones rattling around inside of it. <laughs> and when you look closer, there are both. There's a, two other skeletons in there that are rattling around. And it's where its tummy would be. But also in the second scenario, when I flick on like the porch light and it's revealed that he has tiny hands and tiny feet, but just like a big stomach, big stomach. and he, he's waddling forth to me like a duck, like a duck or a T-Rex. And then I realize I'll just mm. go push him down the hill. There's a big hill next to the house. And like, then it makes a, re- a really satisfying xylophone sound <laughs> as it crashes. Yeah, you know the way bones me. Yeah. Um, the point is. The that basic pitch for auto chess seems like it hit something really big. This idea of like, hey, let me just like not set it and forget it, but it's all about composition. Yeah, it's all about like the luck of the draw to some degree, about resource management. Like we're not, I'm not digging deep into the way this genre like, works, but like a surprisingly, also isn't surprisingly, it the idea that the game the games are short, right? Mm, like all Dota games can go his like well like. No, no, no they yes made no. Them, like the rounds are short though. The like, rounds, there's, there's, the rounds like, are really short. fast loop. But That's the a good entire way game it. can take yeah. as long as a match. Yeah. yeah. Okay. These games still take like 40 minutes long. Because it's like, so the way it like sets you up is like there's you and uh, five other people basically, or six, it has to be even. Um, no, you and five others. Then And you basically play Swiss rounds, like you just play each other person, and each time you win, each time you lose, you like lose health, essentially. Um, and you basically but just you keep doing that. you gain more money to buy units. Yeah, everybody right? gains money like every round. Um, and if you want a losing streak or a winning streak, you can yes, tank. You can in choose the, in, to to just blow it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the goal of this is all from watching stuff. Um, with the goal of 
losing, but only by a little bit. Because the more you lose, basically the more you just get stomped, the more units the enemy has left after you've lost, the more damage you take as yeah. like your permanent health bar takes. And so what you kind of want is like, I want to be competitive, but lose so that I get the like bonus money from being on a losing streak. And also that way I don't have like as much of a of a target on my on my head in some ways. Right. There's items, there's a bunch of stuff, like there's so many differences between the little, the, the different auto chesses, but this core pitch has, seems to have caught something. Yeah. Um, and... I am glad I haven't tried it because I think I would like it a lot. It it totally zooms in on all of the stuff that I like around strategy games, around team composition. It hits me on like the part where I like drafting mechanics mm-hmm. in like card games. Mm-hmm. I love the idea. Something like Slay the Spire where you're like building a, a, a deck as you play through. Uh, right. That style of drafting mechanic is so like it really makes me feel good inside. Um, but but I also know that I would just lose so many hours to these to these games and yeah. you know. The one thing that I feel like the of the two that I've played, none of them explain abilities, which seems weird. They don't explain them at all. No, like so you get like the like you know you stack certain types of. Uh, 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 characters and you get bonuses, but some of them, like for example, there's uh, this rock golem in Dota called Tiny. Sure, uh, he has this attack where he throws an enemy into another enemy and it stuns them for like a second. Um, and I couldn't, at least I could not find anywhere where it listed any of those moves. It was just like I knew that that move existed. So that's a move. That's not just an animation for an attack, right? No, like it, like it's it it uses up. Uh, so as they attack, like regular like animation attacks, they um they gain mana, and then once their mana bar fills up, they'll use one of their abilities. Okay. Okay, but like I. And I maybe I just missed it, or maybe there's a compendium outside of the game. But when I went through the tutorials, or when I was playing a game, like I couldn't find anywhere of where you could see, oh, here are the abilities that they're going to use when that mana bar fills up. Right. Um. And I was that's why I, I bounced off auto chess, but really like fell into underlords for a while there because, um, I knew those. I knew what the abilities were going to be. I knew what I was setting up. I knew how many stuns I had on my team. Right. Like. All that. Have you looked up what Tiny does? Do you still need to know? No, I know. I know. Oh, that's what I'm saying. I you already. Said you I, knew already that it was for a Dota, stun. but gotcha. I didn't know for auto chess gotcha. because they had to use gotcha. different characters. So I was like, that's the only reason I really bounced off that one, even though it was the original. Is like I don't know what the like. I'm getting stunned by things. Like I don't understand what's happening because these characters look kind of like the Dota ones, but not enough for me to recognize them. Right, more of a skeleton bat. baron than a skeleton king. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, the skeletons are the same. <laughs> are they all the same? They, those look the same. Okay. There are other ones. Like there's like I don't know. Big, how many big how, angry? Yeah. How many? I would say how many is how many characters are just like a lady with pauldrons and a bow, or a rapier. There's a couple. Well, there's a couple of those, but they do different things depending on which one it is. That's my point. Which it seems difficult it? to know because <laughs> that same design exists all every, over yeah, the place every. in these games. <laughs> well, are you going to stick with it? Uh, Dota one, yeah. I mean, uh, it's just like <laughs> it's it's like I wish I could just play a round or two, but then you're locked in. Or like, that's eh, right. fine. No. I'll probably just like quit out at some point. When you say a round or two, you mean like a round or two, not a forty minute game. Yeah, or like if the if the round of the if like the whole match was like half an hour instead of like fifty minutes. Yeah, you know, that's so much but, time. Rob, have you thought about getting into auto chess at all as a as a uh, erstwhile esportser, <laughs> um, like I took a look at it. We did a show on 
the mod for Three Moves Ahead mm-hmm. like some months ago. And like me and Rowan Kaiser and Taylor Cock were trying to figure out like what this thing was and how we felt about it. It's a cool concept. I think it does a really good job of there's this higher level. The the thing that we talk about the meta in MOBAs where mm-hmm. there's the higher level structure of the game and this this duel of team compositions and how you sort of scale toward the end game. But that stuff is harder to access if you're just, you're just playing one character. You're just playing, you know, round after round. And you don't get to sort of play the mastermind of a MOBA lineup. And I think Auto Chess is really clever at giving you kind of a package taste of what the structure of a MOBA is and what it would be like to sort of be the game planner uh, for you know, in for a like MOBA team without having to actually go to all the effort. So it's it's a cool idea. But at the same time, for me, it also feels a little bit like a very kinetic management game. And that's cool. I like that. But I might prefer other ones. Interesting. I really wish there was a slightly shorter round, not round, but game length. Because yeah. I really think that would be the thing for me. Um, my actual suspicion is like, like Clash Royale, uh, like Battlegrounds, we are going to continue to see people like just theme things differently mm-hmm. <clears throat> until there's one that does catch me. In fact, there is now, I think it's in like international release or maybe it's actually out here now too. Speaking of this, there is some sort of mech Battle Royale mobile game from mm-hmm. some fucking company. Right. And I'm going to try it. <laughs> it's going to be bad. <laughs> It's not to be the way it works. It's like Titanfall, where it's twelve like, hours later. So I've I have so, now okay. determined this game is bad. It's bad. <laughs> I remember that thirty I, minutes in. Listen, the research is important. Okay? I got this cool laser, and then needed to see if that would if, change things. So over I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep playing. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> it's like a Titanfall type thing where you're you don't start in the mech, but mm. you can call in the mech after your whatever your meter fills up all the way. I don't fucking know. Listen, I just try my best to keep abreast of these things and. <laughs> You know, keep keep up on, on it because someone has to. It's my beat. Yeah. You know, mech. so mechs. Exactly. Uh, by the way, that the Gundam game coming out is called Gundam Battle Gunpla Warfare, which is a terrible name. I, uh, I don't know if you saw this over the weekend, Austin, but I tweeted out about mechs. I didn't. Um, and let me put this to you. Yeah. Is the fish from Kirby a mech? The fish from Kirby. What's the deal with the fish from Kirby? I don't know this fish. You don't know the fish? No. Kirby gets into the fish and controls it. Kirby gets into the fish and controls it? Yeah. Kirby fish. Kirby fish. I don't know this fish. I'll have to research this fish and get back to you. <laughs> um, I just had a lot. We had I had a lot of conversations over a barbecue about whether or not uh, mechs could be made of flesh. Yes, I of think course they can. They can. Yeah. That would, I, thank you. Of, thank co- for, of course. If you're can. listening, only Vicky. only made of flesh, huh? Yes, yes. only made. They of absolutely flesh? can only. Flesh is a con- they can okay. absolutely be made of only flesh. Yeah, I mean, what is a body? You know, at some level, we have to we have to oh, get so past this, this idea. Skeleton dis- exactly. 
Could a mech be made of a skeleton? Absolutely. We're all mechs. We're all already mechs. We're all mechs for our brains. This is what some people believe about humans, is humans (laughs) are the brain, you are the brain, and your body is your mech. Other people disagree. Other people think the body is part of you. Anyway, we can't. This is not lore (laughs) reasons. We can't go down this path. Uh, We should take a break and then talk about games that aren't on phones. And and we got a bunch of those, so let's do that. We'll be right back. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, we are back. Rob Zachney, Patrick Klepek. Y'all been playing games that are not on phones? Did you know that the Japanese title for the Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw movie is Wild Speed Super Combo? Fucking great name. Nice. God, we're fucking up. Yeah. <laughs> Does it have a cool poster? Did you ever see the Crackdown poster in Japan from the game Crackdown? No. You know what it's called in Japan? It's called Riot Act. Mm. And it looks like the poster is like some like Lupin the Third type shit. Ooh. It's like a whole different thing. The game still looks like that game. Right. Anyway, what's it called again? Wild Hearts? What? Wild no, Speed? I just lost. I just lost the tab. Wild Speed Super Combo. Super Combo. Wild Speed Super Combo. Ah, I pasted. That's I great. pasted the poster in uh, in the podcast. You have to. Did click you? It, it didn't embed in the podcast. I'm gonna click it. Channel. That's not. Oh, that's good. Reason. That's okay. Because they're sort of the super combo. You know what I mean? Hobbs Wait, yeah. what are you seeing? What in the podcast channel? It's I not clicked the, it's that not link the, and there's a gif of a a, a, a a woman playing with a cat. Wild what? speed super combo. <laughs> what? What do you mean? What are you? T- I clicked the link. Uh huh. And it that's gave a me JPEG a, link. How did I you don't understand. <laughs> I'm going to open it on my phone. No. Oh, it appeared and then disappeared, and now there's a lady playing with a cat. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And then an ad for Alienware. What is... Okay, I'll believe you. You just got to... Here, look. Go back. Scroll backwards one. What do you mean backwards one? Oh, it's like... Scroll to the left. Like, do a scroll. Swipe right. Okay, now I'm back in Discord. Shit. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's it's, it's fine. Just trust us that the poster... (laughs) Oh, it's <laughs> Patrick and Rob. Sorry, you, you sorry, 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 sorry. I'm trying to delete. I heard the cars were good this year still. You're still playing F1, Rob. They're great. They're good. Yeah, love it. It's good. No, I've been, so I've been finally dialing in what my skill level is. Because like every year I go through this thing where I start playing it and I go, boy, I am terrible. I can't play this game at all. And then I drop the difficulty level really low. And then I play for like three more hours and it all comes back to me and then I'm just blowing everyone off the track. And so then I have to keep like, am I this good yet? Am I this good? And so it took me a little bit of time to dial that in. Uh, 
it is such a good freaking game. The there is so much more. They, they introduced systems management stuff last year when it came to adjusting like your fuel mix and mm. uh, deploying your energy recovery uh, system and. All of that you had to deal with a bit last year, but if you're actually competitive this year, you really it, it really does feel like every lap, it behooves you to be adjusting some of these settings on the fly. So for instance, if you're going through a really like hard-breaking, twisty section of the track, you dial your energy recovery system all the way to low and just start harvesting the energy from all that braking. Mm. And where that gets complicated, though, is... You generate more energy if you break hard, right? This idea that there it is recovering kinetic energy. Mm. So if you're trying to save your tires and gently go through the corners without uh, really lighting them up, you're actually not going to be recovering as much energy. And so that sector oh. becomes less efficient. So you are constantly like keeping all these things in your head with, okay, what's my battery state right now? And it's at 40%. That gives me enough for like one and a half laps at full power. I'm going to catch this guy in a half lap, but can I get it done? Or should I just hang behind him and recover energy for a little bit longer? Also, are my tires starting to go off? Because this might be the only window I get. So you're working through all of that. And it means that this becomes a really interesting game in that a lot of racing games are a little bit more straightforward in terms of the systems you have to manage. So once you've really nailed the track, you enter that kind of flow state, right, that we've talked about a lot on the pod, Danielle's talked about it, where you're just turning lap after lap and just trying to be clean mm -hmm. and do the same thing and sort of perfect your lap. In F1 2019, the ideal lap is this constantly like moving target based on the context and what, you're what systems you're trying to leverage within the car. Uh, so if your tires are in really good shape, but your engine is a little bit down on power, the way you drive that lap is completely different than if your tires are on their last legs. Uh, and really the only time your car is competitive is down the straights. So it just becomes this really engaging racing game to the point where this is one of the few racing games I really enjoy playing with like really long races. I'm doing about 50%. Mm length races so 25 30 some laps at each circuit and seeing how the course evolves and how your car evolves across that uh you know longer race is really exciting the other thing that they seem to have punched up for this edition is rain effects um <laughs> rain is terrifying in this game. Like it's been bad in previous games, but in this game, it's utterly harrowing to be driving in a rainstorm because basically what it tries to get across is, but you have both the spray hitting you, but then you also have like water beating up around the rim of your mask. You know how like you'll have those like large droplets starting to hang down and they break free. And it's like a small, like, uh, wash of water just coming mm -hmm. across your, your your windshield. That's sort of in this game. So driving in heavy rain just feels... It's entirely by feel. You are basically just 
like desperately trying to look for any of your reference points to see where the hell am I supposed to break? Am I, am I on the right approach to this corner? And other drivers disappear really quickly into the rain. And then they just appear out of like a curtain of rain at like, you know, no range whatsoever. And you just have to like react to that. Uh, so it's, this is one of the coolest parts of this game is um, when you are racing in the rain, it's, they've had good, good rain effects before, but this is the first time where it feels cinematic and dramatic in a way uh, that it's always felt like it should, right? Like drivers mm-hmm. talk about how terrifying it is to race in heavy rain in F1 mm-hmm. and it's never quite felt that way in the series with this one, it is a very when when you see like it is raining, uh, it is terrifying. Is the have you hit the point yet where you are? Um, so so I, I have like a weird relationship with like racing Sims. Um, obviously, I I like a lot of folks. Easy to play the Forza Horizons. Easy to play the Burnouts. Um, but I every few years find myself really consumed by something that's a little more sim heavy. I think the last one for me that really got me was project cars, um, which I guess at this point is like yeah. four years ago, um, uh, five years ago. I don't, time is wild. Um, <laughs> are you, are you at the point where you're able to dial in? Or I guess my question for F1 is like, are you able to play around with those realism like sliders? Are you able to produce the right blend between, hey, this is really simulating something about cars and something a little more, if not arcadey, than like, like I, when you describe stuff like uh, managing your kinetic like energy, it makes me think of Tie Fighter, obviously, right? Like, not that Tie yeah. Fighter was about managing in that that particular mechanic, but it is that style of like space sim was very much about giving you the feeling of like a little bit of micromanagement to go with your action gameplay where you're mm-hmm. you're making strategic decisions or tactical decisions about the the machine that you're inside of or for that matter something like mech warrior right similarly is a game about like okay i'm going to manage my energy all right i'm going to take this i'm going to use this moment and i'm just going to like it's fine that i'm going to overheat because i'm going to make a big play here um are you able to like tinker with the simulation settings to find something that fits or does it just out of the box? Has it just worked for you? Uh, no, I like, I had to tinker with it, Okay, but the settings are so freaking good. Mm. They, like genuinely, this is one of the most easily tuned racing games I've ever played to like an appropriate level, both in terms of simulation and difficulty. Um, so it didn't take long at all for me to come to grips with the handling model enough that I could start taking off some of, some more of the assists. Um, basically, now all that all that I've left on is a little bit of steering assistance, and how they do that is actually really clever. Where depending on what gear you're in, throwing the stick all the way to the stop changes the turn in a little bit more. So if you are in like first gear and you've pushed the stick all the way left, mm-hmm. um, it knows that you want to make a really tight radius turn. You basically want to move all the way to wheel lock. But if you are doing that in like fourth gear, that could mean you're on sort of a fast corner or you're trying to juke around somebody. Mm-hmm. And what that means is it's a flick of the wheel, but not actually like a hard turn. So even like using a controller, 
it does a really good job. Like it sort of encourages you to turn off a lot of the other assists because it interprets your controls really, really well. Uh, in terms of finding like the sweet spot for where you can um, really feel the impact of these systems without necessarily like, I think the thing that frustrated me about project cars is that I always felt like the right settings for me were this like almost impossible to find target mm -hmm. where like I was constantly questioning, am I at the right difficulty level? And then you'd be in different types of cars that you're just less good at. And you would realize like, Oh man, like I just suck at driving these vehicles. And I changed my right, settings again. Right, right, right. Here, it's really smooth and consistent. Uh, so it's been really easy to find appropriate difficulty levels. And it's also been easy to adjust those. Uh, like between race weekends, when I sort of like look at how things turned out, I'm like, eh, that was, a, that was a, I, I was working a little bit harder than I wanted to. So I'm going to turn that down. Um, so it, like, and because these settings work, you get to when you're not competitive, none, nuance means nothing, right? Yeah. If you're <laughs> yeah. if you're having shitty races, it doesn't matter how cool all these systems are to play around with or how uh, they have all these subtle effects on your handling or what the car is capable of. But because you can tune this game really, really well, you are always in a place where those small differences really matter. So when you say, okay, I'm feeding the engine full, full mix, uh, I am giving, I am opening up the battery all the way and we're going to go. You feel that car just fucking flying in a way that doesn't before. And you see it relative to the other drivers. And so it's really cool because it's basically like you're going into attack mode. And you just see your car like eating up the distance from the other drivers. And you start to know that like just because you work with these same systems too, you can spot when someone else's tires have gone off. You can see them. You can see the other drivers like, oh, they are really going gentle breaking into these turns, which means I cannot break them anywhere. My tires are good. And so you start like knowing what tactics are going to work just because you've dealt with all these suboptimal situations yourself. And so when you see AI drivers exhibiting the same behavior, you have been taught how to interpret it. Right. Right. Cool. Well, I'm glad that this has gone from like, this seems neat to you really like it. I know that you are a big F1 fan and I know what it's like when like a good game that hits a niche interest comes out and how, how like life affirming in a weird way that can be where you're like, yo, yeah. this is actually, I feel good about the world <laughs> for a moment. Uh, so nice. Awesome. Um, anything else there, Rob, or, or should I ask Patrick about speaking of life affirming stuff, uh, sea of solitude? Well, I can tell you a little bit. Like I had some wild stuff happen in Total War Three Kingdoms. Can we get some life affirming stuff first from Patrick, who's been very patient sure. while we talk about cars? He only left once. <laughs> <laughs> there was someone at the door. That's excuse me. That's excuse me. I, I thought you were like, man, fuck all this car talk. <laughs> oh, cars, I would listen to a podcast called Car Talk. Uh, the first podcast. I do hate cars. Uh huh. I am curious about your wild Three Kingdom shit because, of course, I am, Rob. But <laughs> but a, a new game did come out that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, it kind of, I don't, it came out in the middle of a long weekend. 
Uh, and I don't know if that's like... I, yeah, I think they chose a poor release yeah, date Yeah, that feels um, like it's being sent to game. die a little bit. Um, this game is Sea of Solitude, which is from Joe May Games. Uh, it was... Who, who published it? Was this, oh, EA published this. This was like an EA Select, EA Partner, EA Original Yeah, or where whatever. like the studio retains like yeah. IP ownership, blah, 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 blah. And they, you know, it's part of like a you know, reboot three of EA trying to work with independent <laughs> studios and, uh, and sometimes, I mean, it, Rock Band was originally an EA thing, right? Or no, wait, they, mm, mm, whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. They, they, there was an EA logo on that big fucking box. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was, I don't know. That was know. around the same era when they were doing, um, uh, Shadows of the Damned was also an EA partners thing or whatever it was called, uh, back then, um, that they did that game with Grasshopper, which that game is, right. I like that game a lot. Um, anyway, yeah, Sea of Solitude uh, came out on, on Friday. The um, My guess is most people who listen to Waypoint Radio have, like, or at least have some passive familiarity with the trailer. I really um, go and see a little bit of this game to get a sense of its style. I think it, it trades a lot on that um, to a degree that is uh, unfortunate in the final product, I think. Um, but it is... Uh, I like a lot of games which sort of dance around, what am I about? Um, like, what am I trying to say? Like, this is a game from, uh, honestly, from the moment that Austin and I saw it on a little iPhone um, yeah. outside of a Starbucks, yeah, yeah. like, mm-hmm. when it was uh, first being announced um, by the, 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 the lead designer, um, whose name's not in front of me, and I'm afraid I'm going to butcher it, so. Um, but it's the, it's the woman who's been out in front doing a lot of the, the press for yeah. uh, the game over the last couple of years. Um, and it's a game that... Uh, Cornelia Geppert is her name. There uh, you go. Yeah. Um, explicitly pitched is like, oh, this is a game about something. It is about uh, complicated issues. I think uh, most of the marketing, at least most of what I've been exposed to, was like, oh, it's going to speak to uh, depression um, in some way. Or, or mental health is like a... Uh, key part of what it's what it wants to wrestle with in terms of um, its metaphors, its symbolism, and what the player is going to uh, encounter. Um, and that is definitely true. Like, the game is, opens um, with you set in a... So it's called Sea of Solitude, and there is a sea. Um, I don't know if that sea is actually called Solitude, but mm. um, you are in, like, a... You're in a boat, and you look kind of monstrous. You're, you're dark, and uh, you, you look sort of... You have, like, these red eyes, Um um, but you can talk like a like a like a normal person, and so uh, the city is overflowing with water. It seems like it's been drowned, um, and a lot of the early game is kind of exploring around. Like it's uh, the game disarms you very quickly, where you encounter a giant monster. Who I'm going to paraphrase what uh, it actually says, but the the monster, which you normally wouldn't think would be able to talk, gets up and says, "What the fuck is wrong with you?" Um, and like swears, like in a, yeah. in a way that like yeah. is not what you're not expecting. Um, and and like when you escape the like there are moments where you're on the boat and you get out of the boat um, and you're kind of exploring around. Um, and the way this monster crashes into the side, where like the game is like tuned really well, where you're almost never actually going to be eaten by this fish speaking creature. But you're you're always gonna get right to the to the shoreline, and the way it slams like feels like a just a it's it's terrifying. Like yeah. and often the the game is switching between um, sunlight and 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 darkness, and with like a storm, and like a, there's a lot of atmosphere here. Um, and the opening, I'd say like 30 minutes, uh, like suggests something really strong, um, more or less purely based on the aesthetic. Um, it's a it's a tremendously beautiful um, game, but. Um, 
I ended up coming away with it. Uh, not. It's weird. So it's like the opposite end of uh, Greece, uh, a game that I thought was profoundly beautiful, but had trouble emotionally connecting with because I didn't know what it was trying to say at all. Right. And I know that worked for some people, like the the ambivalence, the ambiguity. Uh, and ambivalence, uh, the ambiguity um, is really the word I'm looking for there, was was part of the appeal. It was like, oh, you could kind of read into it a little more of what you wanted to, um, and that is certainly attacked. And Sea of Solitude is the exact opposite, in which it is being super explicit um, about like what is happening, who the characters are, what their motivations are. Um, um, it's split into to four acts, the um, dealing with sort of different a family and like different family issues, a brother being bullied, uh, a, a mother and father who are having a relationship that is dissolving over the course of decades. Do they do they um, live in this world? This like flooded, like vaguely post. Yeah, they're, they're like as you move through the, the four acts, they are like represented by different creatures you okay. encounter. So you, maybe you've seen in some of the trailers, there's like a big crow. That's one of them. Another is like kind of a gecko creature. Um, and so like those, these different monsters represent the different sort of uh, complex relationships that like each act is exploring as you move from, right. from one to the next. And so it's very literal about like you'll have sequences where the monsters are like the mother and father are speaking to one another. And then there'll also be sequences where you're having like a flashbacky type thing. So huh. some, in some way, like the metaphor, like the metaphor and symbolism, they're just speaking to you up front in like a very direct sort of didactic way. yeah 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 right. very oh wait to yeah. you and then there'll be other the times where like you're just or sometimes to, to you to, yeah they recognize oh, yeah weird. they will recognize you the player and then also exist in the world separately huh. yelling uh at one another and then there'll be the kind of flashback sequences where you're getting a taste of the non-monster version of of it it's 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 if it sounds like it's kind of all over the place, it, it's because I think the game it, itself is all over the place. Like, it's tremendously earnest. Like, you can, it op like, the game opens with, like, a line. Um, I don't have the actual, like, paragraph in front of me, but, you know, saying, like, you know, this is, uh, you know, the, the designer that you had mentioned, Austin, like, this is my singular experience. Like, this, this is not meant to be prescriptive. Like, this is, you know, like, it's very, it's always been a very heartfelt game that I've been rooting for right. because it looked beautiful, and I like games that, uh, I think mean, we all like games that want to say something and like yep. like are going for a home run. And this game is going for a home run, but in the way that it is so uh, explicit about what's going on. I mean, I don't know if it's 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 hard. I don't know if I'm like blaming it on being explicit, um, or, or maybe it's just the writing didn't connect with me. But it's just I found myself not being able to get into many of the stories despite yeah. on paper being like, oh, that seems like that'd be my sort of thing. I also think that, so it's about a three, three and a half hour game. It doesn't give a lot of the stories room to breathe. Yeah, it's not um, a lot of it's time. It's if what you're doing is four different acts, each about a different character, right. plus theoretically addressing the lead character's own interiority, right? Like, because if you're saying like this monster is going around shit talking you basically, to some degree, this is still about is this still about <clears throat> that lead character's like own struggles with loneliness and depression and anxiety or whatever, however that is framed? Or is it mostly her working with these other family members or whatever? It's both. Okay. And that's where like the uh, like it's both trying to do too much and not enough. And I think could have done done more with 
less. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I found my guess is each story might connect with people differently, but um, without getting too far into spoilers, like the the mother and father relationship in which uh, one of the 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 key points of tension between the two of them is that um, they more or less had children to try and patch up a marriage, and that was always a, a good bad plan. idea that has. Uh-huh. Decades of ramifications, um, and it involves kind of an absentee father, not abusive, nothing, nothing like that, but certainly uh, a lot uh, nonetheless. And that one, I think they spend the most time on that. I think you get like a full like hour, hour and a half with that. And um, even though the writing I thought was kind of clumsy, it like gives the whole story room right. to breathe where you understand the arguments and emotional uh, arcs for both sides, even though I, you know, you come still come down the other side thinking the father was pretty shitty. He's mm-hmm. given time to explain like his position, why, you know, he made the decisions he did. And I I was like, oh, geez, I would have loved a game that was just one or the other or just one of these. Um, yeah. Because it feels like the game, my larger criticism of the game in general is it doesn't feel confident enough in what it wants to do and is constantly feeling like it has to distract you with something else instead of just sitting down and saying, this is the one thing this game is about. And let's explore that to as far as we can go. And, and that is uh, illustrated by the existence of two collectibles that oh, don't no. do anything. No. Um, one of them is uh, a um, uh, seagull, like 32 of them. They're just there. You hit the triangle button, the seagull flies away. That's it. That's all it does. It has no narrative component. Um, it is purely there to be a, a collectible for a collectible's sake. There are these little, um, like, uh, bottles, like, you know, a uh, message in a bottle sort of thing. Uh-huh. And there are notes attached to them. I So I started collecting them thinking like, okay, not a big collectible person. And these don't seem like they're necessarily rewarding exploration as much as they're just hidden. And, but maybe they'll inform the narrative in a way that um, is like really interesting or is like a meta commentary on like what's happening in what the player's actions are. And to some degree, it seems like it's gesturing at that. And no, like mm. it doesn't. It's actually I don't even know what f- like narrative function the bottles are serving. They actually confuse the narrative in ways that I don't even know. Like what is what what I'm watching literal or a me- like a dream? Like I don't know. And the bottles didn't help. And so it actually was frustrating because then I was searching for something, hoping there was meaning, and then being frustrated by the end of the game, even on a short game, being like, well, why did you even put that in there? And so between that stuff, a bunch of mechanical stuff that uh, like the actual like. The exploring, being in a boat, getting out of the boat, running around, swimming in the water, getting to the next section, avoiding the monster, that stuff really works really well. And it seems pretty clear that's where like a lot of the effort was spent in making sure like this thing, which was in all the trailers and was like the big selling point, is like uh, a joy. Um, but the other st- other mechanics where you're there's some platforming and there's <clears throat> some stealth elements with some enemies that are meant to represent the kids that were bullying the younger brother of the main character. Love like, to have frustrating. They don't work. That, yeah. Well, it's just like, you, and I, I see where this comes from, right? Where it's like, it, my guess is there was like a very short story that like could have been told. And then it was like, oh no, like how do we justify, we have to justify a larger investment. And you start to see how all the things stack on one another yeah. in order to get to where this game gets to. And, um, it doesn't work um, or at least feel so disconnected that I didn't know where I was supposed to be emotionally a lot of the time or at the moment I was invested in something. It was like, go do this gameplay section where you 
a bunch of what kind of look like souls are following you around and then they jump up on a thing and you hit triangle to collect. It just didn't work. Yeah. It just felt like it was trying so it's hard to to do more things, to to try and like justify its existence when I think there's enough foundational parts here that you could have done something really interesting. Um, but it was, it, it found itself not confident enough to just do that. Or maybe they couldn't, right? Like maybe whatever, I don't, you know, I don't have this game's production went or what they had to justify to EA or what kind of scale of game they had to make. But I, there's like a much shorter, like 90 minute game that is just exploring. And it's one story, whether it, whatever lane they decided to pick that I think would have been a lot more interesting and just take more stuff away from the player. I don't have to do that much. I'm okay with like just right. ex- being just exploring and the game seemed to want you to do more and the collectibles are evidence of, the, of that too. It's like, well, that'll add another half an hour for players to explore. But the problem is the explore, it's not fun to explore. Like it's fun to explore in the sense that the sea is beautiful and the boat is kind of fun to navigate around. But when I'm jumping between buildings, I'm not sure if I'm glitching or I'm exploring you know, that's where that stuff falls apart. Yeah, it doesn't um, sound good to me at all, honestly. I, like, if you're yeah. interested in these types of games, it's such a short commitment that I think it's, 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 it's in some ways still worth playing. Like, it's not one of the, like, I'd go out of your way if you have other things you want to get to. But at some point, if this was on a sale and you want to see someone, like a studio that clearly was trying really hard and just this was their first attempt at something like this, like, I'd love to see them do it again because I think, like, the lessons of what doesn't work here are pretty clear. Yeah. Um. But they, they they struggle with a lot of things that folks struggle with when they make um, like sort of emotionally tinged games that don't know how much they should be mechanics and how much they should just be in interactive space. And I don't think this game found that balance at all. And especially because the mechanical stuff is frustrating and not fun or, or at least enlightening to the narrative. It sort of just takes you out of whatever moment you're supposed to to be in. So uh i'm super bummed i was really rooting for this game it's to be gorgeous and something. like i i um, yeah it, it is it is like one more in this list of things that's like this new it's not even that new right but like yeah i think greece is the other one here that's like wow this is really gorgeous to look at but my moment to moment enjoyment is is pretty limited and my takeaway I, I don't know i haven't played i haven't played sea of solitude i bounced off of greece um i did i edited nicole clark's review of the game uh, over on the site if you mm-hmm. go to go to our site you can see that, that nicole wrote it her up. and i are very much on the same page with 100%, that game 100% <laughs> i you know from from her <clears throat> from her her piece she also kind of zeroes in on this that lack of focus that that feeling that <clears throat> like wow, wants to do too much the collectibles are such a distraction in a way that's like revealing that if if there were more to the world to explore, it would be a stronger game because it's so it is so beautiful to see. But like dotting the landscape with with bottles to pick up is not is not the way. Um, so yeah, I, I wish it was just that opening underwater city and like they do this like the light and dark elements are like really interesting and and scary and terrifying and could have been like a, a potentially interesting sort of like narrative conceit to to use with you know, a lot of the, the themes and ideas they're playing with about mental illness and and feeling lonely and not knowing how to or when you should or shouldn't reach out to people. Like, there's stuff they could have done with that that I think if they'd just wrapped that in a bubble and then kept pulling at that to see what, what it did, um, I, I think it could have been more interesting. I mean, I don't know how much, Nicole, I haven't read her full review yet, but um, there's also... 
there are readings of this game that like are a little uncomfortable of like representing a lot of mental illness in very monstrous forms in um in which by going through different acts it feels like in some quote in some ways you're solving them when you can't really you know like that's not how this stuff works i don't think the game is being prescriptive um but um there are ways to read it that are a little uncomfortable i think unintentionally um but uh yeah, I think that all of that like is is representative of like a larger lack of focus and confusion on what it wanted to accomplish and then just pointing everything at that in an effort to to make that really clear. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah, it's too it's it's too bad. Uh, again, if you're interested in these types of games, if you played like a <clears throat> Papa EO, a game that this feels like a spiritual sequel to in a lot of ways in terms of like what it's aiming f- to do thematically, um and mechanically, uh, that's also a game that like didn't fully work like mechanically, but like the themes really resonated with me. Um, I've never been able to untangle whether that I've never gone back to it because it, like I played that game like right after my dad passed away, and it's like oh like story about a right, dad passing right. and a son trying to get over it. Like boy, like this game could be complete trash and it would still like <laughs> do a number on me. So I've never been able to untangle it, and I've never been interested in really revisiting it because um, that game did do a number on me. Um, but this game feels like in in that vein so if you find something that interesting again i still think it does enough things that are curious and also if you're i've always advocated playing games that are flawed to understand you know what they're trying to do this is a game that i think is like super clear about like what it attempted to do and where it didn't work and sometimes that can be just instructive on its own to play through a game that that is flawed in that way right Um, it's not hard to get through and it's short so that's Sea of Solitude. If other people have other reactions, I'm super c- curious. Like, I played it then when I'm bounced to vacation, so I haven't read any <laughs> of the critical reception to it. If I'm, if I, Nicole and I are out here, no, you seem pretty in line with what, I, what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, it's 20 bucks, right? So it's not a huge, mm-hmm. huge, huge investment, though it is, like you said, only a few hours long. So I can imagine that being a tough buy, but maybe it'll be on sale at some point or part of <clears throat> a Game Pass or a. Or a, or a humble bundle or, humble or, something. or something. Yeah, something, this would be right? a perfect sort of Game Pass game that where you're just like, okay, I know what my expectations are going into yeah, it and yeah. like, you know, know that playing it and then maybe you end up being pleasantly surprised by, you know, what what can it, maybe, maybe a story speaks to you. Um, they didn't, they didn't speak to me um, um, all that much, but yeah. Uh, yeah, bummer. Bummer. Rob, China, you've been there, not really, but ancient China via a video game in my heart in your heart you continue <laughs> to play three kingdoms total war three kingdoms yeah it remains probably one of my favorite games this year uh but i had a pretty wild campaign unfolding over the long weekend uh i was playing um oh gosh let's say gong sun zen yep and basically that you you're based out of the northeast of China, that's sort of your base of power. It's like the Australia and, in risk, sort of, of like, oh, wow, yeah. no one can hit me from these other fucking sides. This is so secure. I'm not surrounded. Right, and that's kind of what I wanted. I kind of wanted just a an easy campaign, so once I secured uh, you know, that corner of China, it seemed pretty straightforward to, to march out. The main opposition that I was dealing with was Yuan Chao, and mm-hmm. Yuan Chao sort of held the uh, rich, like, agricultural plains uh, north of the Yellow River. 
And I was sort of coming down out of the mountains to attack him. We got involved in this 10-year war. And what I love about this game is the AI puts up a hell of a fight and will try to find, like, it. in previous games, the AI would just tend to gracefully let you dismantle it and throw up its hands. Here, over the course of 10 years, multiple little wars, I continue forcing my way south into these plains up to the Yellow River, which I want to use as kind of my natural uh, border and use that to sort of guard my southern flank. We keep fighting this war. Over the course of that war, due to a lot of circumstances, Yuan Shao basically does end up losing all those plains, all the territory along the Yellow River, but ends up waging this mountain campaign in Shanxi through the Taihang Mountains, fights his way north up through those mountains, emerges into my mountain strongholds that I've left completely unguarded, <laughs> and ends up conquering a lot of north and northeast China while I have conquered his farmland. We have effectively reversed positions. <laughs> Ten years of war, and basically what we did was we rotated our map positions like a clock. And I was like, I, I need to reverse this. I need to go back and retake my territory. I knew I was winning the war. I just needed to beat a couple more of his armies and I could regain enough of my territory that I would get a good peace settlement and I'd be able to salvage everything later. So I start marching north to reconquer some of my territory and I have to win basically one battle like we're both on for this particular round of the fight we're on our last we're on our last throw like this is we don't have we're both out of money yeah uh, a lot of our armies are basically smoking ruins he's got one great army left and i have two armies uh that are in pretty good shape uh veteran armies i'm marching north his army is led by lubu the Lubu. And the Lubu. Uh, can I give you a quick uh, tip the, real quick? Don't don't, don't pursue <laughs> Lubu. Just as like a general word of advice. Had to be done. Mm. He was holding the road. Mm. Uh, leading now, to my old territories. Lubu or don't pursue? Either. Well, really? actually, the latter is a solution. Yeah, right? That is what happens. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, wow. yeah. <laughs> that is both how Dong Zhuo... Like, anyway, read, people should read The Three Kingdoms. Anyway, continue. <laughs> He's in the way. So, yeah, and so I, I know enough that... Lubu is a meme at this point because of his Dynasty Warriors appearances, yeah, yeah, yeah. but also Lubu is a meme because of Lubu being a meme historically. <laughs> uh, uh, Lubu is like, in The Romance of the Three Kingdoms, is written like a god. Like... Like so, he isn't the god of war. That is that is Guan Yu. He's basically but, Hercules, though. But he is basically Hercules. Like he is basically like an unstoppable killer. Like just that motherfucker is an army. Like that is how he is written. He turned. You know that that is the that is the legend of Lu Bu. So I'm curious. Is this the first time you fought Lu Bu in Three Kingdoms? Yeah, on a battlefield is the first time. Usually, other stuff happens with him. I never actually encountered him. This is the first time I encountered him in a battle and I'm like, I have a two to one advantage in terms of raw troop strength. Yes, he's Lu Bu, but I also have a pretty good lineup of heroes. So each of your, each of your armies has three heroes in it. Yeah. So I had a total of six heroes for this battle who were all pretty decently leveled up. Did you have, a lot did, of champion you still have class. Zhao Yun. 
was Zhao Yun still with you? Or did he bounce? To- uh, this is a different game. So oh, I actually okay. didn't gotcha. have... So Gong Sun Zan is basically like my top fighter. Okay. But I was he, his army was too banged up, so I needed to rely on some other people. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of other champion class heroes, like people who are specialized at seeking out enemy heroes and taking them down. Sure. So I'm like, I have... I should be able to win this. And if I win this, the, the road is open. Like, right. I will roll up a bunch of the territory that Yuan Shao reconquered, and uh, I'll be able to, basically, at this point, I'll control all of northern China. This entire battle happens in the winter. And uh, actually, it was it was Lubu attacking me. Uh, so I, I had these two armies barring the way. Um, and he didn't wait for me to come to him. He came right after me. And... I take a good position on this ridge. Behind my troops is a cliff. They can't really retreat. Like, yeah. it's a, oh, like, a good we're going to fight position. here. Yeah. Uh-huh. I get what you're saying. You're saying yeah. a good position in the sense that, like, they can't break ranks and They couldn't flee. be flanked. They couldn't be flanked. Sure. But there's no such thing as a good position against Lubu. Except for, like, so over I was like, his throat let at me see night while he with sleeps here. with a knife. That's the only good position. <laughs> So in Three Kingdoms, I looked up, I was like, so how bad could this guy be? Well, he had three times the hit points of any of my generals, basically, (laughs) which seemed concerning. Uh, But then the other thing is he has a bunch of special abilities, warrior without equal. Um, As he fights, his damage begins stacking. So as he warms up, he just starts hitting harder. And harder and harder. Also, it's like a fourth quarter Tom shit. Brady type shit. Like, <laughs> yeah. He, also, he scares Touch the shit out Lou of Boo. any any of your troops that he's around. Yeah. So, like, as he's doing his thing, everyone around him basically has to start passing morale checks to see if they're going to see this out. Um, and he had a few other abilities as well that were just utterly terrifying. And I'm like, I should still have this though. And his army comes on. My reinforcements take the field. It's a cavalry army. So he goes basically right at me. Like, there's no preamble. His armies march up this hill toward this ridge where my guys are. And, you know, he dismounts and starts just carving his way through my ranks. And I have four generals up there waiting to meet him. And I'm not getting in a duel with this guy. You can duel characters in Total War Three Kingdoms. That didn't seem like the play here. Mm-hmm. Uh, this seemed like I needed to get him trapped in a big mob of my troops and then just sort of gang tackle him with heroes. And for a minute, that seemed like it was going to work really well. Uh, but then that warm-up effect started happening. And I'm watching his hit points go down very, very slowly. And my generals are just getting worked. Now, in the meantime, the rest of this battle is really tense and dramatic because his army got all strung out. So I have my cavalry. Like, the best thing my faction has is cavalry. They are sweeping in from the flank and behind and just routing all his troops. But he's still got this battle line steadily carving through my guys on the ridge line, And... Then my heroes start dropping like flies. And each time they drop, um, other heroes sort of go berserk with rage. You lose control of them. Uh, They continue, like, they just start going rogue out there. And in the prod, like, even with his army just starting to dissolve around him, he had walked into a mob of, like, 
at least three, four hundred uh, swordsmen and spearmen. There's like 70 dudes left basically holding that line. And then my surviving heroes just trying to bring him down. Um, And as like, and I realize he's going to kill all my heroes. Oh yeah. And like kill them, them. not just route them, not just send them home with their tails. They will die. Yeah. 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 So I'm like, wait, we need to stop fighting Lu Bu. We need to like get his army out of here and then we can deal with him. Just like Zerg him. But like, we need to win this battle. Everybody stop fighting Lu Bu. New plan. Stop fighting Lu Bu. Back off. Um, I had a bunch of crossbowmen advance and just start peppering him with fire, um, which seemed disgraceful and dishonorable, but it was reasonably effective. Mm-hmm. Um, and by that, I mean, it distracted him from my generals. and He started killing uh, archers right and left. Mm-hmm. But that bought just enough time for my generals to back off, help route the rest of his army. Uh, so then it turns into whatever's left on that ridge. Again, that entire army had been like 1,400 men. There's like 200 left out of that original army. Jesus and three Christ. of the generals are dead. And at that point, I have to send everyone who's left in at Lubu. He kills another general in the process of this. And disastrously, he kills the general whose effect is to debuff enemy general's abilities. So there's this one guy I was keeping near Lubu who basically made it so that Lubu's abilities never completed their cooldown. Like he just kept waiting for them to like be be up again, yeah. and then he couldn't use them because that guy kept hovering there. He eventually just like ran over that dude, and because that guy's kind of a caster class, when Lubu got to him, it was a fast fight. Like he just <laughs> kind of went over, thwacked him, and the thing that saved my ass there was I had a really good cavalry general and a lot of like my reinforcement army still available. And we just crushed him. Like, we just ran, like, everybody who was left ran at him. We had eventually done enough damage to him that he just didn't have that many hit points yeah. left. And he got trapped in this, like, mob of spearmen and horsemen, and he couldn't cut his way out. And uh, eventually he went down. But when I, like, looked at the battle stats, four generals dead. Um, Lubu, by the way, uh, apparently somehow escaped. Oh, he always like does. in like he always there's sort of away. roll the dice at the end of a battle, and yeah. like legendary heroes, you have to sort of beat them twice. You can capture them. In this case, I didn't get the capture roll, so like even though I brought him down, somehow he escaped the battle. So he's out there. He's out there somewhere. And I was looking through the battle stats, and all totaled, I think I brought like. 3,500 troops into battle in that. And Lubu's entire army was like 1,600 maybe. And I completed the battle with like 300 total troops left. Jesus Christ. uh, Just two generals. Just two generals survived. So it was like... Total War is a predictable strategy game Mm -hmm. in some ways. Like battles behave according to a certain reason. This was like... You're playing a war game, and then the final scene of Rogue One is happening. Right, right. And you're like, wait, wait, this is this is in the realm of this game's reality? 
Uh, it was, but it was also kind of, it was kind of good because I've just never seen it happen like that. Like mm-hmm. I had seen heroes do some crazy shit in this game, but this is the first time where like my ability, like I could not believe what I was saying. It was one of those things where I'm like looking around at whatever I have left and be like, okay, uh, you, you over there with the crossbow, uh, you deal with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, well, we've talked about the the that the thing with the Rogue One of like, oh, Darth Vader is a menace. Darth Vader is terrifying if you're a normal person, and so like to be able to like bring that in, and that is how Lubu should feel in Romance of the Three Kingdoms, right? Um, historically, Lubu a pretty good archer in Romance of the Three Kingdoms, the kind of like fiction work about this era, an absolute disaster on wheels who brings just chaos everywhere he goes, has killed thousands of people, uh, and and is inevitably surrounded. Also, that is that is the way that they take him down eventually, is they surround his camp with so many people that his own generals betray each other and kill each other and turn each other in. And then eventually he has to surrender and doesn't go well for him. Well, he's got this, he, he wants to be in, he wants to be an owner, but he should have just stayed an unrestricted free agent. A hundred percent. Like in this game, uh, (laughs) he, like he can, like you can play a game as him, but the real thing that he probably should be doing is when you hire him, you have to know he's super ambitious so the minute you hire him, he begins sort of complaining and trying to betray your faction. Like if you don't, if you not just start promoting him all the way up, he will get pissed off and probably like quit or turn traitor. So what you basically do with Lubu is when his contract becomes available, like when he passes through your court offering his services, you have to approach it like you're hitting a championship window. I'm going to hire this guy. And for like four seasons, I'm going to have this unbeatable warrior. Right. And then I need to get him gone. Yeah. Before it, before it becomes a problem. I need to put more time into that game. It's like high on my list of things I need to actually sit down with, which was similar to Battletech last year, you might remember. Like I liked Battletech when it came out, but it was only later in the year when I really found time to sit with it and really, really, really dig deep. And so that'll be a similar situation. I'm sure we'll hit like late fall after big releases have hit or mid fall. If big releases are coming out that I'm not particularly interested in and other people are on, uh, I'll be able to sneak off and and finally put some, some time into it. Um, I have, uh, a billion things that I'm playing or I have two big things I'm playing and neither of which I can talk about right now, which is frustrating. Kato, I do have a question for you. Yeah. Did, did you see what the new Pokemon Pokemon. stuff? I'm looking at it right now. Pokemon, they can get big. You know how they get big? Yeah, I know they, how they get big. You can, some of them also get bigger. Get, well, kind of, they change. They change. This is They're the new different. news, new Pokemon new news. Pokemon do, news. Do, 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 Pokemon do. change now. They, Gigant, they, Gigantamaxing? Gigantamaxing. That's a weird I hate it. name. I, I like Dynamax, uh, don't like Gigantamax. Yeah. They revealed a couple of new Pokemon, They and they revealed a new mechanic. This one is like a little, little, little poop of cream. It's called... Al creamy, Al I don't have audio on, so I can't hear it. No, 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 no. Like I'm looking at it's A L C R E M I E. That's <laughs> it's like whipped cream as a little creature. It's cute, but so Dynamaxing, you make them big, right? Uh, Gigantamaxing is essentially the same thing, except that they change. So, for example, this little like whipped cream Pokemon turns into a giant like cake. 
six-tiered cake. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> it's great. That's awesome. Uh, I don't know what else. I think it also changes like certain stats of them depending. Sure. Seems like. Corviknight grow- gets like extra bits that fly around it, it looks like, maybe. Is that a mouse? That looks like a mouse. Where? Uh, in this gif of Corviknight. Oh, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Someone left a mouse in the recording. Um, Yeah. That seems, you know, the more wrinkles they can toss into that battle system, the better, honestly. Yeah. Um, which is great. Oh, there's a, oh, they, they show off Yamper now. That's good. I mean, Yamper was already announced at E3, right? Yeah, but like people didn't see that. Roly Coley, which is a, a lump of coal. Mm. A lump of coal. Yeah, it's a lump of coal. They're really. <laughs> What's up with this girl who specializes in ghosts? Who's rolling she looks like coal. a zombie. It's spooky. <laughs> I didn't want to play this game that's, until right now. She's working on she's working on Ghostwire Tokyo. I'm pretty sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I want to be her. I don't want to fight her. She's great. Damn, Alistair. Um, ghost type expert. Oh my god, this mask. I'm saying the mask Holy is shit. a lot. Yeah, I like yeah, this well, fighting expert too. This fighting expert seems dope too. Yeah. Uh oh, that's interesting. Okay, I think that's new. What's that? As far as I can remember. So uh, the ghost Pokemon, the ghost lady will be in Pokemon Shield, and the mm. fighting lady will be in Pokemon Sword. Normally, mm. all the gyms are the same across. Oh. And the only things that are different across uh, different Pokemon versions is the type. Like, there's like a set of Pokemon that you can only find in one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like they'll also have different gym battles, which is that's interesting. <sighs> You're sighing. Are people going to get mad about this too? I'm just going to, I mean, yeah. You're going to buy both of these I'm games. I'm just going to have to buy both of these games because it's a different fucking gyms, different, oh, fuck, god damn it. I mean, yeah, I've always okay, been able to, I've always bud? been able to fucking, you know, really just always sit with one because I can pick like, uh, I like that group of Pokemon better. That looks good yeah. enough. I'll deal with not getting the other ones. Um, But if there's like different, like, story stuff and different like battles in them that is actually more compelling for me to maybe double dip which is frustrating i don't wanna i get it no one should have (laughs) to to. you shouldn't have to buy two of these things i'm gonna i'm gonna do you're gonna do it though Uh uh-huh i'm sure they'll sell uh is there a discount for the other one or anything like that no yeah. Yeah? They already announced the the bundle. What's, what's you, the... you buy them both in a pack for $10 But off. they're still different games, right? There's yes. no way to buy, like, here's my, here, it's all in the one. Nope. It's <laughs> still, you're still playing through it twice. You're playing through the whole game twice. <laughs> Who knows how many of these uh, game-specific gyms there are. Can you but... move characters between the two or po- Pokemon between the two by putting them in your Pokemon vault or whatever? Probably. Uh, I guess it depends. So usually those are locked behind a certain like uh, levels area. Shit, right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like you don't get access to that until you're with like far enough into the campaign mm. where like here's the building where you can download your Pokemon from home or whatever. Right, it's not like, right, right. It, like it's always like yeah, it's always put like pretty near the end of the campaign mm-hmm. in each of these games. Um, huh. Well, Pokemon. They're still Pokemon. here. They're still with us. They're still happening. Um, it looks. I'm. I mean, this game looks good. <laughs> it keeps. 
looking good. What is that out? Show it uh, November eleventh. Eleventh okay, is the number that's, that's sticking in my head. I'm glad the Kato remains positive because any any time I say anything about Pokemon on the internet, people are just mad. Yeah, I They're mean, just mad about these games. I tend to not get mad about the things that Pokemon people get mad about, even despite, despite I'm a Pokemon, being a Pokemon, being a Pokemon person? person. Yeah, um, like the home thing, like. It's mostly because I never engaged with that, like, right? Like, yeah. Even, I still have those games. I still have those Pokemon in those games, but I, I always, like, each, I always, like, part of the fun is building up that collection. Each time. Each time. A new, right. Instead, where people were like, no, these are my Pokemon. And I'm like, carrying it from game to game felt like, at that point, you're kind of. It almost could... felt like cheating to me because you could mm-hmm. get, like, a bunch of super high level Pokemon and just, like, trounce everything yeah. which is like i get the I desire know. to have a pokedex that's complete sure. i don't need the same but i but i don't because there's too much and i yeah. couldn't ever like i oh could you imagine today be like i'm gonna get a complete pokedex it's... and what a what a complete Jesus nightmare Christ. trying to succeed succeed at that would be that'd be a great like podcast project i mean you can still do the individual stream project uh individual uh regions right they each have their own pokedex right but i'm saying take it a complete the, the national deck with yeah. the with the yeah yeah Jesus yeah. christ someone will do it someone has it i'm sure and that's why they're mad probably i don't know yeah anyway uh speaking of things that th- i have no segue here actually i was gonna do like a spooky segue but we've moved on past mm-hmm. the spooky bit uh patrick i know you wanted to shout out another game luca born of a dream before we we wrap up here What's up with uh, yeah, I'll, I, we can dig into it uh, more uh, maybe on Friday when I have a chance to spend more time with it. But yeah, it just launched on Switch uh, last week. Uh, it has such a cool look, man. It, yeah, like glitch aesthetic is like, I don't know if there's like a specific term for other like glitch core. I don't, you know, I don't know. Like <laughs> uh-huh. glitch core. You just uh, coined it. There you go. Sure. If, if there wasn't, then then it's there. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a top down uh, action game that uh, certainly takes um, some inspiration from the Souls games. There are bonfires where you uh, level up and and stuff like that it's it's top down like but like it's there's like right now i don't know what to make of the the gameplay i'm still kind of like feeling my way through through that i've only played 90 minutes but um it's uh like the map for example um there is a map and we've talked before about the notion of like maps and souls type games um it's what is really kind of just plucking inspiration from souls as opposed to being mm-hmm. uh uh, directly one like it's not like at the surge or something like that. This is this is a game just kind of pulling some elements and mixing it in with other things. But um, the way the map works is like it looks like a I don't know how to like not all the pieces are directly connected. It just sort of like huh. vaguely gestures at what the map could be. And maybe it's possible that if you lined all the pieces up, it would like it just fit a normal map. But like part of what the game's like narrative and aesthetic is like things are unreliable and and changing and are weird yeah. um, and are kind of like moving all over the place. And so the map is reflective of that where it's like you'll go into an area, check your map, um, but, it, but it's never like super clear like where the doors are. Like it's just kind of there as like a vague gesture at like what the, the, the area looks like. Um, and I thought that was like a neat way to sort of meet in between on on that idea also it has you know I, i've talked about like i like metroid style uh, games and i like uh, trying to complete those to 100 i just started blunstain but i haven't gotten far enough to say anything about it um but this game 
has a real-time completion percentage that is in the corner of the screen, which wow. is a delight. It so is so like fucking cool. Up. I'm guessing it has like decimal yeah. points, right? So is it like yes? That's that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. And so as you're going to an area and you're you know fighting little creatures, like that you know as that map fills in, like you're seeing that comp- that percentage go up. And I was like, you know what? All these games need that now. Actually, <laughs> like I don't give me a UI mod that lets me put the percentage completion in the corner because. Mm-hmm. I know this is probably bad psychologically, but But. I like the feeling. (laughs) Give it to me. Let me make that poor choice. Because like in Bloodstained, for example, I'm sure it's in a pause screen, but like normally I see that completions go up at a save spot. It's like, hey, pick your save slot. And you see the percentage jump from three to six. And it's like, you know what? I'd like to watch it. Go from 3.45 to 3.46. Thank you. And like, let me know when that happens. You have a problem. This isn't, it's not healthy. Uh, there's uh, like neat, like sort of like, uh, like even like the, so yeah, you stop at like these bonfire equivalents to, to upgrade. Um, but the way it does that is rather than giving, it has a stat sheet, but every time you level it, I'm assuming, I don't know if it rolls the dice on this or if it's come pulling from a select, um, a specific selection, but you get four things you can upgrade. You pick one and then it's a whole brand new set of four. Huh. Um, and so you, yeah, you want to uh, upgrade your attack power. But you also see like, oh, I could get this dope new ability that um, like gives me recovery on swapping abilities after a hit or something like that. That's cool. Well, you better get that. You better get that now because it's going to disappear and it'll probably come back. But it's maybe it's eight levels from now. Right. Um, And so that's like a really I thought it was a really you don't have to. It doesn't seem like you have to think about it too much. Like I'm leveling at such a pace that it's just a way of like handling that slightly differently as opposed to feeling like. I'm never going to see that again. I kind of hope it's that I never see that stuff again. And, or, or like, it's so rare that it does feel like you're making a, a consequential choice um, right. on a, a screen that otherwise you don't normally think about too much. Um, and yeah, so I'm curious to dive into more of it. I, I will, I'll, I'll dive into the mechanics a little bit more when I've spent another couple hours, with it. but it, it looks really neat. It has like unbelievably good reviews amongst the folks who have played it on like steam. Like it's mm-hmm. just like the way people talk about that game is like, the f- why isn't any? Why did no one play this? And so it's you know, Switch is a great place to bring a game like that to hopefully find an audience. And so that's how I've jumped onto it. It seems, uh, it seems like it's doing some really interesting things in terms of like story and setting. I really cannot oversell like what a unique look it is. It's it's yeah. like like sketches. You know what it looks like? It looks it looks yeah. like someone did the the shitty David Jaffe game, but for real and good. Do you know what I mean? The like teenage yeah. like metal sketch type thing um but but much less like tropey and cliche and much more like actually someone's really cool like notebook filled with with sketch drawings come to life yeah um, it feels like amateur in a way that is intentional yes and, um and it's just has so it makes it so like for example uh when you like fight the enemies um like they again they don't they don't there's the glitch aesthetic, but it's like you. It's hard to tell what they're doing sometimes because it feels like it's a drawing come to life as right. opposed to like a creature with like a deliberate swing is of it, the arm that you're watching. Is it still pretty parsable though, in terms of like knowing when it is? It is yeah, it's repeatable. So it's like yeah, once you okay. once you've seen what it's doing, but like at first it's like you have to step back and kind of watch it because just right. like the aesthetic part of it is almost like a puzzle to some degree, especially because the 
you know, the one of the main mechanics is like a, there is a parry system where it's like basically oh, wow. if you you can like you can dodge if you dodge through an attack, you'll dodge through it. But you, if you dodge at an attack, like at the the enemy, it will stun them and then open them up to like a really big hit. And this also works for bosses and stuff cool. like that. So, you you know, there's a lot that it's that is playing with there. If you're. Yeah, I'd recommend people check it. Like, really, it's hard to sell the aesthetic without just watching it. Please yourself, look up some footage. Yeah, it's go, Luca. Go at, look up something. It'll sell itself. L U C A H, Luca, born of a dream. Uh, one of those ones where, like, I want to make sure I say the name mm-hmm. multiple times so people <laughs> yep. can go look it up. Awesome. I don't think we have much else. I, I do have one email, though, real quick. I mean, I think this is probably pretty timely. Um, I, I think so anyway. And, there's and also, there's just, also a link we need to look at before we close this. Okay, well, fine. first, read the email. First, this comes in from Lucas, not Luca, but from mm-hmm. Lucas. Uh, and they say, ah. uh, Hi, how does Patrick really feel about Sonic the Hedgehog? <laughs> I've been a fan for years, but I can't say I really know for uh-huh. certain whether or not we are kin in loving Sonic. Can he kindly state mm. for the record what his history and emotional relationship to the series is? By that token, how does the wider Waypoint staff feel about Sonic? Please don't bully. I'm so tired. Thanks. <laughs> Heart simple. Um, so I grew up as a Nintendo kid, and I think I've told the story like on the past about yeah, or this is common where everyone had a Nintendo or a Super Nintendo, and then like the one friend had the Genesis, and you made fun of them for having the Genesis because you just bullied them for no particular <laughs> yeah, reason. Thanks. Then a game like Eternal, Ch- and then a game like Eternal Champions comes out <laughs> when those SNES kids get Mortal Kombat One with the fucking sweat. The sweat, yeah. and there's a cheat code to make it red, but that that's not blood. That's no. not blood. That's red and sweat. So for <laughs> Turtle Champions, uh, Mortal Kombat 1, that was a, a time to hold that abo- uh, above folks like myself who were just being complete jerks. Um, but so I didn't have a lot of exposure to Genesis, uh, Mega Drive, like really, like Sega. I fell in love with Sega starting with the Dream. I had a Saturn, but you were not in I didn't love play with that many Saturn. games on it. Yeah. I was mostly just like, that was like early days of me getting paid on the internet and I had like even though my parents were taking the majority of that money it was still too much money for me to spend on a hobby so I was like I guess I'll buy a Saturn um and but the Dreamcast which is the first machine I imported was like where I'd like fell in love with like and especially that was a good time to love Sega um was that that Dreamcast run um and I loved Sonic Adventure for what it was so I didn't have a lot of experience with Sonic I went back to it at some point trying to, like, feel through it as someone that, like, deeply loves platformers. And I just, I fundamentally don't like what Sonic's pitch is. The pitch of Sonic is, like, go real fast, and, like, you're not, it's not as exploratory. It's not about, like, the platforming from A to B to C. And I'm not saying there aren't elements of that in a Sonic game, but um, I've never gelled with the... Like, I'm going fast, and I'm like, whoa, 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 we need to stop and, like, go and poke <laughs> around over here. And the game doesn't want you to to do that. Like, um, part of Sonic is going fast, whereas, like, you know, Super Mario was, like, very, like, slower, more deliberate, like, exploring around the space. And I've just, that's just never, that's part of why I like Sonic Adventure, right? Like, it made that stuff discreet. Like, you had the, like, more traditional Mario elements um, as you were kind of exploring, and then you had the fast section. So that's why I liked the original Sonic Adventure and especially Sonic Adventure 2. Um, so that's why I've never really been into Sonic. Like, I think they're really well made for what they are, but it's that's, like, less of what I'm interested in in terms of, like, what... Like, I don't know. I wouldn't play, like, a Sonic maker. I would. I'm mm-hmm. sure people do some weird shit with it. But, um, <laughs> it's yeah, that's why I've never really been into to, to Sonic as a, like, platforming franchise. 
I like Sonic. Yeah. I don't like playing most Sonic games, but I have a fondness for the hog. <laughs> the hedgehog. Uh huh. It's like he's what do you what's what's not to like? He fights uh, a, a, a hyper capitalist who's trying to destroy the environment. Yeah. He travels in time. He That's has friends. Good. Chili, shoes. chili dogs. I don't like chili dogs. That's like my Wait, one what? hang up point. I like clean food. Excuse me? What? Outside of wings. I like getting my hands messy with the wings. Chili dogs are like so messy. I oh, have like no, a, you got the no ribs. Like... No, I like ribs. I don't like chili dogs. Chili, you know what so it is? I don't like things too. that could fall Terrible off. form of hot dog. I, thank you. I Y'all like are wrong. I, no, I, yeah, yeah, okay. Kato. Sure. Mm-hmm. I'm wrong about a lot of things. <laughs> Fucking add it to the list, my guy. Like, whatever. I don't like chili dogs. That's not a big deal. Yeah. They're messy. They're messy in a way that feels like I'm going to ruin my shirt. I feel like you're getting bad chili dogs. A good chili... Here's the thing. A good chili dog won't spill over. It has just the right Why amount don't I to just sit wanna, in a bun. Why don't I just get a hot dog? No, no, no. no there's no two flavors that taste the great, mess, great together. The mess is They're the appeal. Not. It's like getting an Italian yeah. beef. It's like, so yeah. yeah. I think, you know Patrick's, what? The Patrick's, moment I choose to take nah. a bite of this... This is how people feel about chili dogs. I can't clean my hands. I just need to yeah. finish this yeah. food. See, I, I, I wipe my hands in the middle of every meal. Like, I don't like having my hands dirty while I'm eating. Even things like ribs, which is a problem. Because I like mm-hmm. ribs yeah. a lot, but like I like to have my hands clean. There's so. like a there's like a happy medium that exists here where like you have it, it comes in like a little cardboard boat, you know. So you're like kind of no, chomping in I it and like I don't scooping like, it into your mouth. No. You could <laughs> use a fork and a knife and try and split the difference. At that point, let me get something else that I want to eat with a fork and a knife. What I want to what or I want a hot the, dog. Put I the chili up. in a bowl where and it belongs. I will have a delicious hot dog separately with hot peppers, pickle. Uh, yeah, those are also pickle. good. Yeah, yeah, those are great. Put those two things next to each chili, other. That's chili a good and cheese play. on top. Put of them the on dog, top though. of each other. Bad I don't like news. a cheese on a dog. I don't like. I don't like chili listen, cheese. Like, dog. Real talk. I barely like cheese fries because of how messy they are. Damn. That's like how it is for me living wow, in the we're, world. We're learning a lot right now. I didn't realize how much the the finger aesthetic was. Uh, well, this is the thing is like the there are there are things that wildly over like. Give me some wings, like hot wings, mm. and I'll ruin my hands for days. Like that's fine. Yeah, I like the food. The food is so good that it outweighs it. But like the joy I get from eating a chili, a chili cheese dog or a chili hot dog, like is not a chili dog in general. Not enough for me to to dirty my hands in that way. Hmm. Uh, or like it's the stress mm. of like oh, I'm gonna spill this all over myself because I'm a fucking mess. So let me not even open the possibi- the door to that possibility. Like yeah. a hot dog with ketchup on it is already a thing where like I like this a lot, mm. but it, I'm gonna spoil. I'm, it's gonna spill somehow. I know it that's is. Fair. Uh, and that's yeah. just a brain thing. No, but, I'm the same way, which is why I don't own any light shirts anymore. <laughs> see, but I I look good in light shirts. Yeah, and so I had to make no. A it's choice. a problem. I should have more than I should, but like I, every time I have one, every single fucking time mm-hmm. I spill Bring something the food, on it. Bring a food shirt. I need a food oh, I shirt. Get a, I will sometimes <laughs> if I'm wearing like a button up, take the button off, like off. Yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. and like just have a t-shirt on it. Yeah. And he's like, fuck it, who cares? Um, anyway, Sonic. Doesn't wear a shirt at all, so maybe this isn't a problem for him. No, but he loves chili dogs. He loves. Well, chili we dogs. don't know what he's going to look like in that movie. They're redoing the CG. They could Christ. put a shirt. What if they just redo so... the CG and all they've done is put a T-shirt on him? <laughs> <laughs> Literally the same. Fuck. <laughs> but he's wearing a T-shirt. Sonic is good. Yeah. Fixed it. When Fixed Sonic it. Is good, it's good, good now. Rob, how do you feel I... about the Hedgehog? I like the way that Sonic is a perfect example of a brand that aspired to too much yeah. and ruined itself, but has been reinvented in light of the ways that it became a self-parody. 
to find something good and enduring and essential about a character that was only ever defined in opposition to something else and then used as a marketing tie-in. Now, because of the deeply mediocre origins of Sonic and the way he's been deployed historically, I find wait, that wait, we wait, have wait, kind wait, of wait. an endearing relationship with, with Sonic. <laughs> origins? Uh, because Son- Sonic has been... Sonic has embraced the his... Uh, Sonic games inherent the Sonic games. corporate mediocrity. They're all right. I like two a lot. Three was my shit. People like three a lot. Three is the one that I had. Three is the one that my Genesis came with because that's Sonic when and I Knuckles got a Genesis. It, man, fucking put Knuckles in a Sonic one and glitch that game. Great. <laughs> yeah, but what I mean, but what I, what I mean here is the game. It's not that the games were bad. Uh, the games were cool, uh, but in the entire like Sonic attitude is very silly. I find it. it you know, it aged. It aged poorly. But I think <laughs> I think it's wrapped no back around. sooner had we had. Yeah. No sooner had we had a couple like good games than there began to be this interest of two things. One, Sonic needs friends. And two, who doesn't love Sonic? What else could Sonic improve? What could Sonic be placed into? Like a pinball. Which, yeah. Or that game is fucking good. Yeah, the Sonic pinball game is fucking great. Sonic <laughs> spinball is spinball, right? Yeah, it's spinball. spinball. Yep. That, that game, yeah, I, that I, game I, is so good. You should go back and play the Game Sonic Gear Spinball. version is great too. You should go back and play Love those my games. Game Gear. You should play those games again. I've watched people play those games recently. Uh, the truth is that I've watched way, way more Sonic gameplay than a person <laughs> should watch. Two of my friends, uh, shout outs to, to Kyle Churchill and Keith Carberry, who run a Let's Play group called Run Button. Uh, Keith is also part of Friends of the Table. They did a series called 20 Plus Years of Sonic, where they played every Sonic game. Holy shit. Uh, it's really good. I will, I will say right now, before people look this up, is like they started this when they were teenagers. They are now adults. And so, like, some of those early videos, it's sort of like <laughs> going back and watching the early Persona 4 Endurance run, where it's like, ooh, there are some jokes in here that would not fly today because these people have grown and changed uh-huh. and learned some things about uh-huh. the world and themselves. Uh, so, it, it, but it's, you know, they started that, that Let's Play series when they were in their, their when they were both teenagers or like young young 20s um uh and played through every sonic game and so i've watched every sonic oh, game multiple times at this point um and i love the terrible terrible like run of bad sonic games from in the 2000s mm-hmm. right like when the, when they just had no fucking idea what that series was when it was, you know, Sonic turning into a werehog, the Sonic Heroes era, the Sonic <laughs> Unleashed era, the Sonic 06 era. Yeah. I can tell you the plot of of uh, Sonic. I guess Unleashed is probably the one that I know the best for some weird reason. What about 06? Uh, 06, Wait, I can only barely tell you that. that 06 is, yeah, it has human Sonic girl, has a human girlfriend. girlfriend. Silver the Hedgehog is there. Silver has telekinetic powers. Um, it's no use. It's no use. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's a, the boss fight's really it's bad. No use. Uh, there's a lot of that era of Sonic, medi- like the most mediocre Sonic, the uh-huh. Sonic where it's just flailing, is my fo- is where I'm fondest of Sonic because it's just they gave him a sword at one point. He went into storybooks. They were like, "What do we do with Sonic? How do we make this Sh- work?" Shadow the Hedgehog gave, so- him, gave him a gun. Shadow had guns, multiple guns. Guns. That that game has like a weird like 
uh, structure where if you get good, there's like good ending, bad ending, and neutral ending to every level, and it changes. It's like it's like what if you you know how in cruising, shadow yeah you know how in cruising USA you choose like the direction at the end of every uh-huh. like uh-huh. it's like that but for the entire game structure <laughs> based on Austin I've never wanted to get. play a game more than I do to play Shadow of the Hedgehog right there's now. There's like seven. I also think there's like no way to play that. No, it's not weirdly did not get added to the backwards compatibility list. Huh. Um, I, how many Wait, endings? was that on Xbox exclusive? It wasn't X. Uh, was no. it? No, 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 no. It was on everything. It was on everything. Okay. Can I get that on PC? No, it was not on PC. No. <laughs> was it? It couldn't no. have been. I don't no. think so. Not then, I don't think right? so, no. Um, no, I don't think so. It did have Sonic was doing, or Sega endings. was doing some weird PC. Okay. Sorry. Anyway. Ten? Ten. That's fine. Uh, Sonic Adventure. Do, you, do anyone feel any ways about Sonic Adventure? No? Yeah. Okay. I've so, already said myself, I love that game. Okay. That, go, come get me, whale. <laughs> come. come get me. Well, that's our Sonic. You have a link for me to look at? Is that what I've heard? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Uh, uh, Kato and I have already gone, yeah. I, huh? I want, um, oh, no. Uh, that should be for the for the next podcast. Oh, okay. Shoot. Yeah. I love okay. it when a podcast says, come back next time. Can, for- you, can, you, can you just... Can you just click it and just have, don't describe, just have like a snap, like we're not even going to say what it is. Just have like a, I just want like an, like a grunt. Can you just click it? Yeah, I'll click it. <laughs> okay. Good. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, okay. So it's not, mm. so not, so, uh, you know, come back to this week's waypoints uh-huh. for uh, our thoughts on this link. And the human <laughs> instrumentality project. Uh-huh. Also. <laughs> I've... <laughs> Thank you. I'm reading the whole. That's there's a whole mess. There's a whole message. Yeah, oh, the, yeah. it's, it's a, long. The, you have to scroll. You have to keep going. Those are indeed Small my essay. words. Instagram is not supposed to be about words, but uh. <laughs> what a way for the mind to process something. The use of lightheartedness can be a very serious thing. Hashtag big truth. <laughs> okay, stop. I hate this. Bye. <laughs> I'm closing my computer. I had to shut it. I Good. can't be near yeah, this anymore. Just... <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. Shout outs to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP Pale Machine. Find out more about that at waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash waypoint, facebook.com slash waypoint vice. Follow me on Twitter at Austin underscore Walker. Rob, how about you? At Rob Zachney. Patrick. At Patrick Klopik. And Kato. They, uh... I'm so mad. <laughs> Nintendo released Akato? Uh, what did Kato do? I don't know. No, not Link me. this fucking thing. Yeah, that's true, uh, I guess. What did Nintendo do? Uh they the they made the, there's a hot guy. There's a hot guy. He's in charge of the, the Pokemon battles in Galar. Yeah, I saw no, him. He looks he's evil. He's probably evil. He, he I mean he, yeah, he's He's in charge of Pokemon battles. He's basically running dog fights. Uh, I what get was it. it? Uh world uh let's see. Uh Chair of the Pokemon League and president of a large business conglomerate. Yeah, he runs Team Whatever. Yeah, whatever the team is, he's in charge of it. Team Rocket Seven. Where can people find you, Kato? Fucking having complicated. Nowhere. He's been banned from Twitter. Banned from underscore Kato underscore appears. C A D O for people wondering. Yes. People in the past have had some questions. Yep. 
All right, we will be back later this week with some Evangelion. What what are we doing? Fourteen through nineteen. Some heavy episodes. Those are the in numbers there. we said. Those are the numbers we said. I'm through two of them already. I'm excited to talk about them. Uh, excited to talk about all of them because I know what happens. <laughs> we'll get there. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Tune in for Ava on Thursday, regular Waypoint Radio on Friday. Uh, just a, a programming note, I'm out most of next week. Uh, I will be around for Ava. I will call in from out of the country for Ava, assuming out that the place the I'm staying will have good internet. We'll see. Uh, I'll make it work. I'll find. I'll go into a Starbucks with a fucking USB mic and be Holy like, yo, shit. guess what? Time to talk about Ava, everybody. <laughs> This is, I'm taking over. Starbucks, it's, it's kind gather of the engineer around. just like sinks back into <laughs> his seat thinking about the file. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. I'll uh-huh. do a local. I'll do a local recording. It'll be fine. Just, you'll hear people making lattes in the background. <laughs> you'll, it'll be fine. It's the job, right? Uh-huh. That's what they say. That's what, the, yeah, thanks. <laughs> By they, I mean me. It's the job. <laughs> I want you to include just a little bit of the latte sounds, just a little bit of just like, just like back, make it, it seem some like, room tone, yeah, some know? room tone, like a <laughs> sense that we're having our conversation out at a cafe the right. way people do. You've gone, you've seen, you've seen, you know, some, some culture, some yeah. entertainment. I'll mm. find that uh, amount of time where it loops, where like, you don't tell until like the fourth loop, but then you recognize the loop every single time. Yeah. And it just drills into your head uh-huh. and you're stuck listening to the loop. Every, yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. It'll it's be a great. really bad break. <laughs> Love it. All right. On that note, we'll be back later this week. Until then, peace. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, 23. And me. And me. That's it. No. <laughs> what? Please don't take my DNA. No, I don't want my DNA taken either. <laughs> um, Are they coming for you, Scotto? Yeah, I guess. Probably. You get an email that said you've been selected? <laughs> you, you've been selected. Uh... Part of an exciting new program.